0: Separate
1: Welcome to another episode of the Luton Town International Podcast. My name is Gavin Daly and we were supposed to have Alex with us today, but he has not woken up. So joining me today is just me and Nick. Nick, how's it going?
0: Yeah, not too bad. I can't believe I'm recording this a bank holiday Friday evening. Yes, I know we have three and four weeks here uh, at Alex's request. And the lazy fucker can't even be ter- bothered to turn up.
1: Just so our, our listeners know, Nick's taking a break from and his Pledge of Allegiance to his new king before tomorrow to uh to be here so you know fair play to you nick
0: i am your new king <laughs>
1: there's not much to talk about nick but alex did do us one favor before he uh fell asleep and didn't wake up um and that was send us the uh, run notes for today's episode so we're going to start with blackburn it okay, was a well, game that we it's... could have won we could have lost it and it was very much a game that didn't matter exactly
0: <laughs> i think the, the last point is, is the main thing it's uh I mean Blackburn had something to play for. I mean obviously they've struggled scoring. They had something to play for. We were basically thinking, okay, we wanna be professional about it, but equally we don't want to put in too many silly changes. We don't want suspensions, we don't want injuries. It probably showed a bit in some of the performance, but I mean they were fairly toothless. We've obviously got the goal up, uh could have gone two 0 up. They got a header back to score, which I thought defending you might question a little bit. They could have won it as well, but um, as I says unbeaten run keeps going. It's another draw. It meant nothing. We were third beforehand, guaranteed it. Whether we win, draw, lost, we're still guaranteed third. It's just nice to keep the unbeaten run going, but it, it's not really a major issue.
1: No, it was one of them. It was one of them games where I I don't want to say the players didn't play because I think that's unfair, but I think the players played with a certain confidence that they were in the position that they were going to finish in
0: i think i think it's sense yeah it's just basic you know some were basically trying to take a place for claims some are trying to get match fitness back in but it was um again it's don't put in silly challenges that nobody did
1: yeah yeah we did have 13 shots four on target so not too bad uh but we only we only put away one and that was from tom Lockyer, who's having a hell of a season
0: yeah, it's two and two games. I mean, I think Rob Edwards jokes afterwards. He said he could have put him up front. Uh, Carlson, Morris and Elijah were going to be scared. It's thinking, right, this guy's in red-hot scoring form. I mean, he's almost got as many goals as he has of the uh, awards this season now.
1: Yeah, and that's the other thing that we do want to talk about is that Lockyer winning winning uh, end-of-season awards, obviously, with the EFL Championship Team of the Year. He was in that. He also won some awards at the end-of-season dinner with Luton Town. He, he's winning everything right now, as Alex put in the notes. Um, it's very much deserved, Nick, and it's something where I think it was always going to be him and Morris, especially for the fan voting stuff. It was always going to be him or Morris. Uh, it's nice to see that goals aren't blinding, are blinding people's opinion, uh, as I think Lockyer has been exceptional this year at the back, especially when you consider the revolving door players he's had to play beside with injuries and whatnot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially when he starts the season, he, I can't get in the side. I might have to look for a move. And it's so he's come back in. He's gone from strength to strength. Now, player of the season, I basically had down as one of three. I had Lockyer, I had um, Carlton, or I had Jordan Clark into his injury. And I think
1: Clark would have been a good show too.
0: Yeah. I think those three, but I mean, I think what's really telling is that, you know, Lockheed got young, got the um, junior supporters player award as well. and That normally goes to whoever scores the most goals.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's nice. like, don't get me wrong. Carlton Morris would have deserved every award that he got, uh, especially considering the season. he's had 20 goals and whatnot, but it's, it's, as you said, normally that's what catches people's eye is the goals uh it's nice to see defenders getting getting recognized for what to do and as i said he's 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 been our one consistent as you said once he got into the side he's been our one consistent back there bradley's had problems and injuries Brees Burks had injuries osho's had injuries Potts has injury has had injuries amari bell's kind of switched between that position and and, and left wing back so Lockyer has has gone in there. He's been the one consistent, and that word is exactly that. He has been consistent week in, week out. He is behind a lot of our clean sheets, and a lot of the facts that we've won games 1 0 this season is down to Lockyer.
0: Well, I think you say, well, Dan him. I mean, I think you basically have touched on something you said, right? Bell, left backs sort of centre back, but Bell would have been another shout for player of the season as well. And for a player thinking, right, when he joined, I wasn't quite sure about. He's had a great season as well. Strides out so confidently. It's uh it just seems the entire squad have kind of upgraded themselves.
1: Yeah, it's one of these things where we haven't gone out and bought a lot of players, it's it's players just progressing uh getting better with the with the coaching that we've had and the coaching that they've had, they've gradually got better. And it's great to see because as we continuously talk about in this podcast, we're not a team that can go out and spend millions and millions of pounds every summer, uh, like some other teams. But we always seem to get better every summer. And that's a testament to, one, the players that are there working their fucking ass off to get better every single year. And it's also down to to the club and to the scouting network that we have in place to pick up players who we feel then is going to fit the uh, the model and 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 of of the club and to fit the way the manager wants to play i mean i, I know a lot of us were looking at carlton Morris coming in last last year in the offseason and going okay a decent enough signing but i don't think any of us at the beginning of the season apparently him included would have taught 20 goals
0: no i mean i think carlton Morris when he signed i think you see he got eight goals the previous season injury prone and obviously, the transfer fee was kept quiet. There are rumours it may be records, it's turned out to be a record. But you look at a record beforehand, and you're thinking it's not overly exciting. It's, you know, someone coming in. But no, he's been absolutely, I mean, well, I haven't, I haven't seen him much before. It's um, If I had seen him, obviously he's seen him from Barnsley, but it doesn't really recognise. But no, he's been an absolute revelation coming in. And obviously, well, on Carlton Morris. We're going to look at the assist for the Tom Lockyer's goal. I mean, he got the ball, twisted his man one way, twisted man the other. Delivered an inch perfect cross and um, Lockyer said, thank you very much. Sorry, Sonny, I know it's on Sky, but I'm having this one.
1: Actually, we do owe Alex an apology and it's pity he's not here to, to accept it. Because last week, Alex turned around and said that uh, Carlton Morris has scored 14 goals for Barnsley last season. And me and you shot him down and said, no, he hasn't, no, he hasn't. he got like eight or nine. He actually got 14 goals in 51 games for Barnsley last season.
0: I this not know there's or something.
1: I don't know. Well, I'm just going based on what I've seen. I was as shocked as you, Nick, to tell you the truth, that one, that Alex was right about something. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm guessing cup games and whatnot as well. It wasn't just league, especially when you look at the fact that it's 51 games. I I would assume there's a number of cup games in there. Uh, We do want to move on to the whole game. Again, Alex, not here, but did put in the game notes, one for the youngsters. I'm in the boat of not really, Nick. How are you?
0: I'm in thinking. Okay, you don't want to take any stupid chances. You want to get sort of. Um, you do want to get games as the players who need the who need the games, but it was. Um, but you want to keep the confidence. You want to keep some consistency. So I do a mix and match. So for example, like some of the ones like I'd say, right, Fred coming in left back. I'd say that's a bit of a no-brainer. Protect Doughty because you got the, you got there. Um, Luke Berry continuing midfield. Jordan Clark brings in these the minutes. And it can be probably rest, but I mean, that's not really bringing the youngsters. It's basically just squad rotation. Um, whether you have Pelly or whether you bring Lansbury in midfield, I don't know. Up front, you probably, you don't really want to musk miles throughout a bay, but I think you do have to do it, um, potentially, because otherwise you've got basically Freeman and um, Taylor up front, which is, um it's a little bit toothless.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm actually in the same boat as you. I, I was not really in... I think it's a game for fringe players to get sharpness. And then there's a few returning from injury as well they are going to want a game or some sort of game time in a meaningless but meaningful game uh, yeah. before you can hit the playoffs. And I think you mentioned a few there, but I was trying to work it out. Clark, you want, you want in there. Osho, you're going to want there. Burke, you're going to want there. Potts, I believe, came through during the week. So maybe. Anya demo, Fred... I'm gonna want him in. Barry's played well over the last couple of weeks coming off the bench. You probably wanna give him some starting minutes. Uh, Woodrow and Taylor up front.
0: That's Woodrow it. Woodrow might still be injured because he was injured, wasn't he? So it's yeah. not sure he's hundred percent. So if he's not hundred percent, you definitely don't risk him.
1: Yeah, if he's not hundred percent, you're not risking him. But if if he if he's if he's ready to go, then that, that's 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 eight. That's eight I'll, that I, I counted. Yeah. So that's pretty much your team. I don't think you're you're um I don't think you're dropping Horvath and goal. No, I'm sure not. there's some. I'm sure there's some sort of clause in the contract that says if he's if he's fit, he plays. Uh, Fred Anidimi, you probably probably put that right. I would put my right back instead of Cody, and then maybe Joe Johnson in a left back. We were impressed with him in his debut, so maybe him in a left back. But there was a few did players do, that did I didn't. Did Joe Johnson as right back? Fred? I think Fred can play right
0: no, back. No, no, Joe Johnson, sorry.
1: Oh, Joe Johnson? I'm going based off the fact that when he came in, he went to left back. So I'll give him the benefit of don't say left back and then just, oh, you could swap the two if need be. You could put him yeah. right back and Fred left back if need be. Uh, but you also mentioned a few there that I didn't even put in, which which is Freeman and Lansbury, who hasn't had a lot of game time at all. That's two more players. That, that's That's 10, that's your 11 right there. Yeah, and, you know? it, and
0: that, that's not even playing the youngsters. That's actually playing some, sort of, you know, a decent pl- bunch of players who could be called upon.
1: Yeah, a bunch of players who realistically could be starters come playoffs. You know, especially like likes of Jordan Clark, Osho Burke.
0: I mean, Burke Ber- mm-hmm. Ber- Ber- and Osho. I think you give them forty-five minutes, sixty minutes maximum each.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just get them back into it, see how they're going. Um, Bradley, I still think you want to get some minutes in because we end up playing Mill in the playoffs. Yep. I think you need Bradley in defence for that.
1: Totally agree. Yeah, yeah. If we if we come up against uh, Middlesbrough in the, um, not Middlesbrough, Millwall, in the playoffs, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna want Bradley to take care of uh, that big fucker. Yeah, that big fucking. I I remembered his name fucking <laughs> two weeks ago. Now I can't remember it. But we all know who we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we you want you want him to take care of him. And then also Bradley hasn't played a lot this right. season. He's had injuries and other stuff going on. So the more game time he gets before the playoffs, the better. You know? I mean, I,
0: I I know during the games against, sort of, you know, uh, the game against Blackburn, there were people on social media quite, quite quick to jump on Bradley's back. I mean, obviously they've got a good leap to do that, but because um, I think there were a couple of, well, there was a couple of times he almost got caught out. But you think Bradley is, Bradley is the type of player who kind of, you know, he needs minutes to get himself up to.
1: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. He's, he's one of them players that training's not going to do it for him. He's gonna have to. He, he, you're gonna have to put him in match, match, match games, real match games. And again, as I said, it's meaningless but meaningful. You know, it's still a league game, and I'm sure Hull we'll, will want to win it. Uh, it doesn't affect us in any way, shape, or form, and it, it, it's that gives us a great chance then to throw out a couple of people and say, "Hey, go give me some headaches for the playoff, Nick." That's that, Nick. That's what you're looking for, right? You're looking for for Barry, for for Fred, for. For Osho, Burke and maybe Potts to give you headaches for the playoffs. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think if you look at it realistically, Osho Burke, one of those can make it into is the back three. Potts, probably not, probably too soon. Um, Berry, Barry doesn't let you down when he plays and he can score goals. I think he's probably better off as a sub you can throw on to try and get you that goal.
1: Yeah,
0: she's absolutely do. no disrespect. to him, But it's uh, I just think the options we've got midfield. I think that's probably where he comes in. Oh, by the way, the good news is we don't know Alex, an apology, because you said, what, um, That 15 goals for 14
1: goals.
0: 14. It says 14 and 16, but that's over two seasons to Barnsley.
1: Ah, we were a catch.
0: Yeah, we were right.
1: We were right. Of course we were right. Why did we ever doubt ourselves?
0: Exactly. So, Alex, right. you could defend yourself here, but you're not here. You're still asleep, so bad luck.
1: <laughs> uh, playoffs. Nick, I've made it pretty clear who I want in the playoffs. Ooh. I don't I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or not. I don't know if it's just overconfidence or or what it is, but I, I've made it pretty clear I want Blackburn.
0: Yeah, we're not getting Blackburn. I think if you look at what they have to do, the this is basically the stars line to get him is, there's a lot of results need to go sort of one way or the other with the goal difference. I don't think we're getting them. I think we're getting Millwall or getting Coventry or Sunderland. I would say probably Millwall or um, Sunderland. Favorite is Millwall, I think. Not my personal oh. favorite to play, but I think that's what's looking like. Yes.
1: I do not want Millwall. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't not want Millwall. I will take no. Coventry or Sunderland.
0: <laughs> well, basically, Coventry we've drawn two games against Sunderland. We've drawn two games. Millwall we've drawn two games against. So. <laughs> It's going to penalties, and we can't do them, and we can't save them.
1: I've booked the final off of work. We have to make the final at least.
0: <laughs> oh, I booked both Saturdays off. I okay, I booked the Saturdays the away game, even though there's absolutely no chance of making pretty much any game because there's train strikes and everything else, and it's uh, I lose the train in and come to. I'm thinking that's about a hundred quid. That's ridiculous for distances. Sunderland, obviously, absolutely forget it. Millwall should be the easier one, but train strikes, it's not.
1: Yeah, yeah, you guys are having a rough time in England. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: was about to say, train drivers, strike when you want, but not on bloody playoff games, please. Be sensible. Do it on a Monday. Nobody cares on a Monday.
1: Nobody cares on a Monday. Nobody cares on a Monday. Do it on a Monday. Uh, do, do, do. I would I have liked Blackburn, but that's think, not going to happen.
0: I don't think it's going to happen. Millwall, I said, problem is Millwall are based out evil twin.
1: Yeah. Yeah, give me, give me Coventry or, uh, Coventry or Sunderland. Yeah. I think I mean, had... I'll take, I'll take my chances with one of them too.
0: Yeah, even Sunderland, I think I'll last four or five games against him, I a win, mean, draw, 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 draw,
1: draw. Uh, see, now I don't feel so good about it. <laughs>
0: And Coventry, I think we had about to three draws out the three yeah. draws in the five nil, haven't we? So they've come up, but there's a lot of draws, a lot of tight games in there as well. So I think it's a case of you, you can't worry and say oh, who I'd rather think you're right, whoever you get. I mean, that's I, I think I said last week, last season you looked at the playoffs and think, okay, what team would you hand pick? And we all thought Huddersfield, how did that work out?
1: Yeah, that's true so there was a story out that i want your opinion on and it's not related to the playoffs but i guess it kind of is since tv and whatnot uh sky sports have uh, got the rights to the championship for i think it's another five years
0: uh, i don't know what it is but yeah uh, they seem to be preferred bidding partners that's coming yep yeah.
1: so obviously i don't have to deal with sky sports over here you do what's yeah. your what's your take on it would you like to see someone else get the rights um, I'm not that bothered to be fair
0: because it's um, I mean Skies do give decent coverage when they come in um, they do move kickoff times all over the place but there's nothing to say someone else would have done either I think you're right what was the best what if, I would say right whoever can come in give the most money that gets the clubs. that'd be the best option
1: Yeah the most money that can help the Clubs I think and that's def- let's face it that's definitely going to come from Sky. it's not going to come from, from anywhere else especially for the for the championship rights, I think it's definitely going to come from Sky. Well,
0: I think one one, of the, other, one of the other contenders, whoever it was, it was some obscure one, but it was... um They were almost outbidding Sky, but it made the league thought Right, OK, we'll go with Sky because that's who we've been with and it's probably some underhand thing. I don't know.
1: I only have to deal with ESPN Plus over here, so luckily for me, I get one commentator who doesn't know half the players' names and has never heard of them before in his life and just makes up random shit while he's on TV. But it, it's it's you, you knock off a sound and it's, it's it's enjoyable.
0: Well, I mean, with Sky, I actually did see something it was um, some put the stat the amount was the amount of games people have been on TV like Blackburn had been on TV twenty times this season. Bristol City four. And you're thinking who at Bristol City's really pissed Sky off.
1: I think it's down to they're they're looking at it as ex Premier League, so they might still have a following that we can get viewership on
0: yeah i mean i think sunday with the second team on about 18 or something like that we were mid-table solidly about 10 but a lot of those are kind of late season ones they kind of show us a bit show us a bit last season okay we can't stop showing them because that's just the way it goes so
1: yeah yeah and i i think i think if you look at it and take out the the teams who are in the playoffs in the playoff pitcher come the last couple of weeks, if you look at it, I would say that it's highly, highly skewed towards the former Premier League teams.
0: Hmm. I mean, they are a broadcaster. I mean, I think um, years and years and years ago, so going back to David Co. era, I um, had a chat with him and basically he said this was a whole, they had the whole ITV thing and voting ITV or Sky. And he basically said before and went up to the ITV executive of the match and said, why are we never on there? And they turned around, nobody wants to see you. So, hence, it came to the vote, so ICV or Sky. Obviously, the whole league voted for Sky. And he went up, as Cody said, he went up to the chief executive and said, you remember, you said nobody wants to see you. That's why I voted for Sky.
1: <laughs> so, the other question that Alex has put in the, uh, the run notes here is manager changes. When is it the club's fault? Uh, I'm under the, the assumption, Nick, that it's always the club's fault.
0: Um... Okay, you've got two things. One, it could be a cup swap for appointing the wrong person. Sometimes managers just don't work. But when you get three managers in a season, which we've had, um, Leeds have done it, um, Watford have done it, um, a couple of other clubs have done it as well. It was, um, did Huddersfield do it? No, Huddersfield only had the two, because uh, Corriban left in the summer. Mm. And that actually worked for them. But um, QPR, have they
1: had three as well? Possibly. I want I I to say Ainsworth just their third uh I I I would no,
0: say, I, th- I, I, want to say it, but I think he is actually the second but um
1: No he is their third because they were looking for a manager around the same time as us and they took in the one of the guys that was favorites for Luton that,
0: that's that's it yeah they they took in Beal and they took in the guy who was at um,
1: Aston Villa wasn't it That's it yeah Stephen Gerrard Yeah Yeah
0: they took him in and then they've um, and they changed it to Warnock um they changed it at the end of the game to not Warnock Ainsworth but, um, Ainsworth yeah
1: yeah, so yeah, they have had three. I'm I'm under the assumption that it's always the club's fault. And this is why. They've hired the manager. Yeah. If it's the case of if it's case of the manager not working out within the first couple of weeks, you as a club have got that wrong. Therefore it's your fault. If it's a case of the manager's lost the dressing room after a couple of years, which can happen, players want a different voice in the room, whatever it may be depending on when the club fire him or let go of him it's down to the club again because what will happen a lot of times in that scenario is because the manager has done decently over that period two or three years or whatever it may be mm-hmm. he's getting more time to to um to work with the players and to try to solve the problems when in re- in in realistically the club should be sitting there going okay he's lost the dressing room we can see he's lost the dressing room we're going to get rid of him now pull the trigger quicker therefore again to me if the club let that linger on it's the club's fault
0: and i think a lot of the stuff i mean uh, okay we'll take what to side for a moment but it was um southampton another one obviously they uh, they paid out by our standards pretty big money to get nathan jones in it's about four million quid for him in the backroom stuff which covered a lot, of this quite nicely. And we've actually done better out of it, I think, which um, I wouldn't have said at the time.
1: I think but we've that, actually got a better manager now.
0: Yeah. It's a manager who's sort of, you know, he's, uh, he's basically, he's taken what Nathan Jones developed and he's developed it. And I'm thinking, so there's no disrespect to Nathan Jones on it, but um, he thought he could do it, but he's come in and it's something, of, he's coming in and the, the players are looking, right, who the fuck is this guy? And then some of his press conferences were um, quite comedic. They did, really didn't help. I think probably thought they've got no option with him, but something to your homework before you get Mandarin like that.
1: Yeah, I, like don't get me wrong, Nathan Jones did a lot of good for this club, and I know the way he left the first time around rubbed a lot of people up the wrong way. And rightfully so. Yeah. He did do a lot of good for the club though. There's no doubting that. But to me with Nathan Jones, it was al- it always seemed to be a case of we're the underdogs. You, we've got to, we've got to, um, we've got to prove everyone wrong. And I'm not saying that's not the case now, but always in, like in a lot of his interviews after games, it was like, oh, we're dogs and we this and the money and blah blah blah. Especially when we lost, especially when the results didn't go our way. That's like Edwards Graham Jones <laughs> Graham Jones, there was a, there was a manager, but with with Rob Edwards, it's it's a it's been a case so far of we deserve to be here. We we yeah. we're we're not overachieving. We're achieving exactly what we should be achieving, which to me is just like that's the way it should be, you know that's the way that's the way it, it should be players instilling confidence in their managers and I know he said when he came in he wasn't going to change a lot because the players were doing well and the team was doing well, but there I'm sure you've seen because I know I've seen I'm on the other side of the world, there's been subtle changes. In the last, since November, there's been subtle changes week by week by week. And you can just see the team just getting better and better and better. And they're just growing in confidence.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think they, they weren't short of confidence before, but it's just sometimes it's a bit of expression. Like it's even his first game of so John Clark's goal. He said, no, I want players to not be afraid to take chances. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't be afraid of losing. The ball. I don't think we're overly afraid of losing before, but equally it's, you know, then, kind of, you know, if you're in that area, try something don't care if he goes into Ed, but, you know, try something. Don't play it so safe.
1: Yeah. I know this is a Luton Town podcast, but I do want to ask your opinion on one thing, Nick. What did you think of Sam Allgoyce's, uh instalment as a uh, Leeds United manager?
0: Oh, another third manager of the season job, wasn't it? Um, he's, he's a last resort manager, isn't he? He's a manager. Please come in. We're desperate to stay up. We'll do anything. Um, Sam, are you available? It's...
1: I've seen, I seen an interview with him, and I don't know if it's recent or not. It was on YouTube, so I don't know if it was recent or not. But he was talking about uh, when it comes to knowledge of the game, he feels he has more knowledge than Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola. And I'm just sitting there going, that's because you're fucking betting on games you shouldn't.
0: We could talk about his England's career <laughs> out of it
1: one game <laughs> one game and then he fucked one, it all up
0: one game which I can't remember if he won or lost or not. I don't really care I think it was only friendly but it was uh, one game and then the next thing they there sort of you know saying oh I can fix games for you to the sort of, to some sort of um, shake or some journalist posting a shake I'm thinking that's going to be the oldest trick in the book and what were you thinking
1: and, and now leads have him in and it's just okay. out. here's the thing though I actually predicted at the beginning like I Beginning of January, when I was looking at that table, I predicted Leeds to go down, and I'm standing by that prediction that Leeds will go down. Now it's getting it's getting very very tight down there at the bottom. I will give it that, and I did not expect Bournemouth to get out. <laughs> they were one of the teams to go down, uh, but Leeds and a it, it's exactly what you said to me. It just screams of desperation. It just but he, it's, he he does get results sometimes down that end. It's
0: like um, Palace with um, Roy Hodgson. I mean, obviously, Roy Hodgson got Watford relegated, good lad, and he absolutely <laughs> did not care whatsoever. I think it was, um, when he got them relegated, I think it was at Palace. And he walked around and gave the Palace fans <laughs> a round of applause. And I think, absolute superb shithousing. Obviously, i be furious <laughs> if you're a manager, but I think it is not. <laughs> man. it's uh, the way it is. I think he's fair play. I like him.
1: Yeah, yeah, he went up in my estimation that day. But I, I don't think so. I, I think Allardyce is one of these managers that's, um caught in the past and I think it's going to be found out I think he only has one way of really playing and I don't think that's going to work in today's game and I think Leeds I think Leeds will be in the in the championship next season hopefully we won't be playing them as we'll get promoted but I think they'll be down there
0: well I mean I want to see obviously Southampton down anyway um well, not mathematically, but you'd have a look there on twenty four points yeah. they kind of um they've got two games left. they can get up to thirty points, which is the same as seventeenth and a sixteenth place so that's not happening um goal difference worse as well. everton somehow always get out of it, but I would love to see them get relegated because they are the ultimate nothing club. I mean they basically the think they remember the original big five, but they've done absolutely nothing for years and years and years. Obviously, there's um, other sort of, you know, long-standing, losing issues with them as well. I mean, there's sort of, you know, um, there's a bunch of scouts. I think it's, um, which obviously means they should get relegated automatically. But they've just been, they've just been some, one of these teams. Oh, we think we used to be a big club, but, but we could be mid-table floating relegation. It's thinking, yeah, go down, make things interesting, because nobody wants to see just mid-table year on year on year. And then you've got the third place, obviously it's gonna be between Leicester, Leeds and Forest. Now you think Leeds? Um I think it might, I think it'll be the bottom three. I think it will be Forest.
1: You think you think it's gonna be the bottom three that is right now, Southampton, Everton Forest? Yeah. Everton, yeah. Uh, see, I'm I'm with you, like in what you said, like Everton always seemed to get out of it. No matter what, they always seem to find a way. And I think for that reason, I think it'll be Southampton, Forest and Leeds. I think West Ham are probably safe and everyone above that, which means Wolves, Bournemouth as well. Chelsea, Chelsea are safe. Good job, Chelsea. Um, (laughs) But I think it's going to be one of, it's going to be, I think Southampton are gone, I agree with you there, and I think then the other two are going to be either two or four teams, Leicester, Leeds, not not Nottingham Forest and Everton selfishly i wanted to be leicester because i think they're gonna have to sell players and maybe we can pick up one or two
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it would cost it would cost us it was us a lot and it's thinking right some of the way they fit into because um james justin i think he's going abroad at the end of the season potentially he's been rumored with uh we couldn't afford his transfer fee and jewsby hall again we wouldn't afford his transfer fee i don't think and then see what else comes in um Forest will be the interesting one because, obviously, we've got their goalkeeper alone. He's split opinions, but he is guys have got one of the most or well, second most clean sheets of the championship. People are saying it's down to defence, and he has committed a couple of errors, but uh, I think generally he's been quite solid. Leeds, nobody likes Leeds. I think people are quite Leeds.
1: Nobody fans. likes Leeds. I don't no. even think Leeds United fans like Leeds. Nah. Realistically, if you if you really like, if I I would I would I would assume that following Leeds. Like is some sort of issue that they have in their in their lives, you know, that if they went to a therapist, they'd probably sort through it.
0: And they said, right, anger management issues. Who do you support? No one. Right, you have anger. Support leads.
1: Will That there keep my anger?
0: Nah, I'd give you something to take it out though.
1: And there you go. We talked about the Premier League, the division we're going to be in next year, Nick, for a little bit, because you know <laughs> positivity and everything. Yeah. The last note on here from Alex was. Bale, would he be a good League 2 signing after a year away? Now, I can only assume this is because of the I don't know why it's been brought up on the Luton Town podcast, but however, uh the, he's been linked to Wrexham, I know Ryan Reynolds, uh, and the the owners there have made an offer and they have said they're very, very serious about bringing him in. I That's mean, publicity,
0: publicity stunt, surely.
1: I, I don't, I, Ryan Reynolds does not come across as that sort of guy with that club I don't think it's a publicity stunt I think he genuinely cares And I think that's why crossing sports completely here I think that's why he's been looked at for an NHL franchise And the Ottawa Senators uh, Which I know you'll have no idea about But I, I, I honestly think the way he, him and Rob McElhinney have run Wrexham Have, have put him in good stead uh and I think NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman is probably looking at that going, Okay, yeah, he's gonna do the right thing by the franchise. He's not gonna he's not gonna come in and, and, and start messing about. I think what they've done at Wrexham and I mean you think about it, like over here right now you see more Wrexham shirts than you see Luton shirts. They are popular as fuck over in America right now. You see more Wrexham shirts than you do MLS shirts. They're popular. Okay. They're they're extremely extreme popular, you know? So Easy. they've done a great job they've done a really really good job there would bail be a good, good signing good. for them i they've think may, yes they need to
0: maybe done a good job in america but here i don't think there's any more Wrexham things in fact i actually do feel a little bit sorry for um notts county obviously they got relegated they've got sort of 100 101 points and they end the playoffs and you're thinking that's nuts because wrexham have completely blown them out of the water spending wise
1: and here's the thing: like we spent our time in non-league. We started his podcast when we were in non-league, yeah. And I don't think either one of us, since leaving non-league, would say we've changed our mind. It is fucking ridiculous that only one team goes up out of national league every year. Yeah, absolutely it's, fucking ridiculous.
0: Well, it's two teams: one automatic, one through the playoffs. But it should be three up, that's three down. I mean.
1: yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. It should be three up, three down. It should be two automatic, one through the playoffs, like it is in most other leagues. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's ridiculous. Like, the teams are down in the National League. There's some great... All are down there. Like, the 1990s, oldham in an FA Cup semi-final playing against United.
0: South Aide games. Um, one of my best mates is a South fan. It's, you know, it's a, yeah, traditional league team, not a higher echelon one, but again, they're down in non-league and uh, um, they could have done with getting out there because, it's, you know, their finance a bit screwed as well. So, you look at the amount of fallen fallen big clubs down there. There's a lot. I mean, we weren't down there. We had a big target on ourselves when we came down because the biggest club ever. But there's so the many other clubs gone down there who probably almost, well, not not as big, but almost as big as targets. As you said, anything ex league or ex are going be there. So South End taking a load of fans there, not county. Wrexham been down there a while, Oldham, as you say, and a fair few others as well.
1: And don't get me wrong, I'm pleased for Rexham because they've been down there since we've been down there. Longer. Yeah. Longer. And. I've always seen. I've always thought, of, like, when you think of traditional, as you said, traditional league teams, you think of you think of Wrexham. Wrexham to me will always be a league team. Now, whether Reynolds and and the and the and the board that are in there can can continue to finance through the leagues. I mean, I would assume they could, and my reasoning behind that would be that you see Gary Neville and Salford do it. And Gary Neville is in no way, shape, or form a multi-millionaire or a billionaire, but he's been able to to get that team along with a board to I believe they're in League One now. Yeah, I mean so, it was
0: it wasn't just Neville, was there. I mean I think there was yeah, uh, there
1: was other people there.
0: there. Yeah, it was, it was half the Man United's ex use team in
1: there. Yeah, yeah, the class of '92. But I, I thought, honestly think Reynolds and uh, McLeanian, if they bring in some some more investment as well and like. I think Wrexham can go, but would Bale be a good fit is the question. After, Nick, Alex is put down after a year away, but he played in the World Cup, Nick, and his last game in MLS for LAFC was only six months, actually six months to the day. Uh, so it's been less than a year. I think he would be a good signing for a League Two team. My problem with it is, is he motivated? Because if, no, he's he's- if he's motivated, then then great. You know, if he's not motivated and he doesn't seem to be, as you said, no he's not. He doesn't seem to be. He seems to be more interested in playing golf. I mean yeah. he announced his retirement in January. I think I think the Real Madrid stint killed him. I think the Real Madrid stint killed the love for the game that he had.
0: Didn't kill his bank balance, but
1: it didn't kill his bank balance. No. <laughs> it definitely didn't. His bank balance is all the better for it. But would he be a good sign in the League Two? Yeah. I mean if if Bale's motivated to play even at the age he's at, I would think he'd be a decent signing for a championship site. So like, that's just yeah, I
0: me. Mean, I mean I think he's probably quite good at cutting half time oranges if it was if it were us, but it would be a Premier League side, so that's relevant. So
1: that is all the run notes that Alex has given us, Nick. So it's free reign from here on out. Is there anything <laughs> you want to talk about?
0: I, I just love the fact we've actually talked about non league, Premier League, and so you we've know, <sighs> about our games. I think yeah, okay, well it's actually little to talk about anyway, so I think yeah, fair fair.
1: We're we're fucking awesome. We we the original we're the original gangsters. We we're, 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 we're the we are we are original Luton Town podcast. We did this before anyone else did it. Whether it we're good, bad, indifferent, it doesn't matter. We still did it before Oh, everything. I love
0: the fact we do it completely unprofessionally and think who gives a shit approach.
1: Yeah. Yeah, if you're taking this professionally then there's something wrong with it. We do this we do this for fun every week. We don't get paid. There's no money involved. There's no there's no big backers behind it. There's no cash flow we do this because we enjoy doing it which just bring which does bring up a question um ollie k who is behind the uh one of your podcast that's out there the oak road hatter uh, podcast i believe it is K s- said on twitter that he wants to know why no one um no one's done a documentary yet
0: Okay, not as a Sunderland, I mean, I think there's Wrexham have done one as well, and Tottenham, and um, not sure if anyone else done it. Um, I think, basically, we wouldn't be particularly good viewing, because you look at the Sun. I mean, I, I watched the Sunderland one, and it was fantastic, because it was car crash, it was car crash TV, almost. You had this board taking over, and then you had this thing, the whole thing with, um, what's his name, the Northern Irish striker, it was uh, Will Grigg. And you saw them transfer deadline and they kept pushing up and up and up and they okay, you've just been absolutely rob blind because you were so desperate for a striker and you paid four million quid in League One for striker. When that's one of those uh, came through. But it was um it was just quite fascinating. But you think the last time we had a documentary was the trouble at the top one. Yeah. And that was again Car Crash TV. We're now a well run club living within our means, with sensible decisions. It wouldn't make great TV for any for any non-Luton fans.
1: Yeah, I mean trouble at the top. Like I'm sure that's left a, a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths, and a lot of them are still at the club, like Gary Sweet and whatnot. Uh, one of the one of the highlights for that for me is where uh, I think it's Mike Neal is talking to uh, Gurney, and he says something to Gurney, and Gurney's like, like what? And Mike Neal just looks blatantly at the camera, and goes, "We'll talk about it later." Or something to that effect. And like, there was a lot of stuff going on back then that like didn't even get into that documentary. And that documentary, as you said, with Car Crash TV. Here's my two cents on it for anyone that is interested. I think the trouble at the top, as I said, documentary has left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouth at the club, and I don't think they would like the idea of a TV crew or a documentary documentary crew going around the club every single day. I, I don't think that would be... I,
0: I, don't th- I don't think it would have left a sour taste. I think it was, Um. I mean, in that case, it was the Gary Sweet was kind of you know, on the side of right coming in or something and said, so, you know, he's a fan's representative and everything else. I mean, even showing you came out at it well, which, um, considering what went on <laughs> after, thinking that's actually quite impressive going. And it was basically John Gurney, who obviously invited him in, what on earth were you thinking? Invited him in to see, see you do that
1: my other thing is with what the club have been through i think they would want someone they could trust and i think the only people that the club would trust with handling that sort of thing would be the luton town supports trust yeah and i don't know if there's anyone in there that has that background or, or whatnot but i think they're the only they're they're the only people like we can talk about it nick on on this on this podcast we've we tried to contact the club asking for player interviews and, you know, media, media stuff for you. And we will say Stu Hammond has helped where he can uh, since we've since since we kind of off and on with the podcast. Uh, but before that, we hit brick walls every single time. Like we would not even hear get a response a lot of times, you know, i
0: Okay, I've got to separate this out here because I've not tried the club on the response. I know you have. You've hit the brick walls onto it. I've kind of, um, I've not approached them and I probably wouldn't. And uh, I think, yes, stew Hammers would help if you could, but equally it was, um, they've got to be of, so, you know, it's levels and everything else when it comes into it. So
1: I'm not yeah.
0: worried about that. Uh, I don't even think it's about sort of, you know, who they trust or who they don't trust, I don't think that comes into it. I don't know I'm going to accuse me of being Mr. PR here. But, so. yeah, I am.
1: I'm definitely going to. Uh, and, and this this is where it comes back to what I said, is people they trust. You look at the uh, Luton Town supporters trust podcast. Like, they get interviews with, with players and whatnot. We we could have never got that. We would have never got that. We hit brick walls, or I hit brick walls, I should say, because I did a lot of running around every single time. Like, no responses, didn't get a response. Like, a lot of times, the, the interviews we did get was with ex-players. And that was going to the ex-players themselves. Like, Marvin Johnson was fantastic. Scott Oaks, Ricky Hill. I have to say, Ricky Hill, I went through Tampa Bay Rowdies for, and they were 100% amazing with dealing with that and with, with setting that up. We were only supposed to have Ricky for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and we ended up talking to him for, like, over an hour. I know the podcast is about an hour long, but we talked to him for about over, over an hour, nearly an hour and a half. Um, but going through the club was just a no-go. And I can, under, I, I can understand it totally. Well, like I mean, have, have a town Supporters Trust there, they have them there for a reason and they know that a lot of them people, okay, you're gonna ask certain questions, you know. And we we wouldn't have done anything that would have put the club in a bad light in any way, shape, or form. But I just I feel like there was that we don't know these guys, so we're just not gonna reply.
0: I, I think I think no, I think it's more like losing town supporters' trust, obviously they do have sort of image rights over the club, they've got a certain stake there have sort of they gone from from you know they follow on from the civilian trust that had the 10 percent stake in the club um so it's shareholders sort of you know following on so I don't see that would that would be why they get the player interviews and everything else onto it it's not like I don't think we've tried otherwise to think right who are you who's this guy trying to come in and sort of you know get interviews so again I don't see
1: an issue with that at all and my last point on it would be. The club haven't released a transfer fee since the like the the frickin' Roosevelt era. Uh, they don't like releasing information unless they absolutely have to. And I think that would be a problem for a documentary.
0: Um they would just say it's undisclosed. I mean basically the transfer fees become known pretty much generally, don't they, anyway? So right, everything's undisclosed, but if you're so right, Carlton Morris you'd say that was one half to two million. I think that's fairly well accepted. Probably the higher end of that. Um, Elijah Adebayo, you think 250,000 gets rumoured. Alfie 500,000 seems to be the accepted figure. It's undisclosed, but figures come out, don't they?
1: If you go digging hard enough, yeah, they will in the end. I, th- I think
0: it's t- not even that digging that hard. Um,
1: I mean or you other- know, if you know where to look, should I say. If you know where to look and you know what you're looking for.
0: Yeah. I mean, the other, thing you, the other thing you've got to say big, on these um, on the on the documentary stuff, I said, what would the documentary see? Okay, here's a well-run club. Here's a club that you know, seems to be in quite in harmony. There's nothing TV really worth there, is there?
1: I mean, that's Wrexham right now. They're just a well-run club.
0: Yeah, but they're a well-run club with a Hollywood billionaire.
1: But it, we have Rob Stringer. I cannot emphasize this enough. The man is a CEO of Sony Music. Yeah, but
0: he's not Hollywood A-lister, is he?
1: He no, but he knows a few. Don't tell me he he can't get a few music stars into Kenilworth Road for a game or two. I'm
0: sure he probably could, but again, <laughs> again, it's not exact. It's not sexy TV, is it?
1: No, unfortunately, it's not. It unfortunately, it, it, it it's no. It's not Ryan Reynolds. It's not Deadpool. It's not Always Sunny in Philadelphia or whatever it's called. But we are Luton Town, where unapologetically. Unfashionable and we don't care.
0: Actually, on that unfashionable, there's a lot of memes going around at the moment sort of, you know, Luton Town could be a Premier League and this is the entrance to their ground. And some of those have been actually quite hilarious. People have, sort of, you know, <laughs> taken up the. Sort of, obviously, there are a few coming around here to stand and stuff and then, you know, everyone's caught on with the accident. are right, let's post some of Dix's we can do. And some have been quite good, actually.
1: Yeah, I've seen them on Twitter. They, they have been quite good. Right, Nick. Alex didn't wake up. I think we need to check in them now. I'm starting to get a little bit worried. With that said, this, 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 this that's the end of this week's podcast. I'll let Nick get back to practicing the the Pledge of Allegiance for his new king <laughs> tomorrow. And um, I, king as well. My new the fuck. <laughs> Let's not go there in this podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Alex's new king, which generally as could be come out of country.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we'll stop it there, Nick. <laughs>